Okay, so we're here in North Wales, near Colwyn Bay to be exact, and I'm with uh, what feels like a lifelong friend, James Sheridan. And James um, and his wife Lucy and their family, they live um, in Colwyn Bay and they lead a community of people called Antioch. And so we've been together up here for about four or five days meeting lots of amazing people, having some adventures, talking a lot, disagreeing a lot, working it through a lot, um, but with a heart to see the kingdom spreading in North Wales and to see disciples making disciples making disciples. So um, we're, yeah, just, it's fairly early. Me and James are sat here in his house with a cup of tea. We thought we'd have a chat. I think his his story and their story and what God's doing here would be an encouragement to other people. So, morning, James. Morning, Ben. Um, why don't you why don't you paint a picture of what we've been doing together for the last four or five days? What's been some of the encouragements? What what's God done? Uh, well, thanks for. Giving me the biggest, broadest question you could possibly ask. <laughs> That's the first question. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, but there's just been so much. Um, and what what's great about these sorts of times is that there's no point in planning. You can try and plan, but you just need to invite people in and and like you say, do stuff, wrestle with stuff and just see what happens and take that as uh, the things that you really need to be thinking about and, and learning about and all the rest of it. Um, just remind me again. What, what kind of things have we been up to the last four or five days? What, what have been some of the well, we've, we've encouragements? Met, or? Okay, yeah. And we've met with a lot of people who um, we've recognised um, have an, an understanding of um, what it might mean to to be a disciple who makes disciples. Um, because what we wanted to do is build into uh, those people um, a sense of what well, to stretch their, their vision for it and to stretch... Um, their understanding of, of what that might mean, how they could do that, uh, to encourage them, definitely encourage them where they're at, um, and listen to that, but also to have like a fresh perspective and to hear fresh questions, fresh ideas, so that you know they can be moved forward in it all. Brilliant, and. Um... James and the church there, I, I think, have a very, very encouraging story because I think they're moving from um, maybe what church has traditionally been perceived as um, because, you know, you're, you're employed by the church to, to lead the church in all of its diverse activities and people. Yeah. You have a couple of buildings. Yeah. Um, you know, there's... There's a history that you're seeking to honour and build on rather than just tear it all up and yep. do something completely different. So maybe why don't you, could you share a little about how 
you're moving from maybe where you were or maybe what seemed effective you know in previous years mm. and what it is that you see and feel God is moving you towards in this season okay um, I'll try <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me I knew what we had to do um, because like you say we were um, we just fairly normal church doing the sorts of things that churches do um, but when I was asked to lead I, I just asked God okay God what's the what's the big picture here what's um, to me leading implies taking people somewhere um, and that can look like many things so I was asking that question and what I could see was that whilst we were doing lots of really good things um, stuff that would be considered even stuff that would actually be considered you know slightly more um, cutting edge than like um, a, a very traditional uh, congregation um, actually we weren't seeing people becoming disciples so this was like a a really big thing for me because um, we don't live in a, a place where there's lots of young people our, our young people tend to leave to go to the cities mm. um, so we've got an aging congregation um, and I just realized if it stays like this everything that we've done and tried to work towards it will just just go mm. um, so I, I really felt like we had to take a, a serious look at what are our priorities and how are we moving towards this idea of well if we don't make disciples we're not going to be here in in 20 30 years time mm. um and that that was really hard because like you're saying you've got this um situation this scenario where you you've got something and you can't just um, say, oh, well, we need to stop, guys. Well, you can actually, um, <laughs> but um, my understanding from other people who've done that is that it doesn't work. It just wrecks everything um, and creates uh, pain and heartache. And I knew that wasn't what we were supposed to do. Um, but you need do need to just really have a good long look at everything you're doing and say okay how can we move then from where we're at to a place that looks way more like a group of people who are not just um, following Jesus in all the ways that we currently understand and do but how do we follow Jesus in a way that makes disciples mm. actually makes disciples who then make disciples so yeah I mean I've never gone to any um, Bible believing church who's ever said we don't want to make disciples Yeah. so when you say that what do you think that would look like is that basically developing a better teaching program on a Sunday or in house groups is it um, a program that you're inviting people to so when you talk about making disciples yeah. what, what do you see that might look like and, and how do you feel that maybe um, if we're being honest, maybe 
ways of church that we're more familiar with maybe could look at making disciples more mm. does that make sense yeah um i'll start i am a process person so if i start at the start of the process mm. um then you can remind me of the rest of the yeah. question because <laughs> <laughs> i'm terrible at remembering <laughs> um so you have to start with the realization first that you need to change um and the second big realization after that for me was that it can't be wholesale change. So then you've got to say, well, how, how are we going to do this then? So what you quickly realize is that a lot of the stuff that we do, um, although like you say, it's in our, we would say, yeah, we're trying to make disciples. It's actually not focused that's not enough of a priority the things that we do and say aren't um the things that are going to put us in a place where we are in a position to lead somebody to jesus in the first place mm. um and then we're not fo necessarily following that through and spending lots of time with people showing them mm. who jesus is what he's like how to um, follow him and then how to grow to a place where you're then, they're, they're then actually able to go and do the same thing so we can t talk about it all day long um, but if we're not actually doing the things that lead us into, into doing that it's just never going to happen so I realised we had to make doing um, well it's such a big, <laughs> a big picture. Um, well, we had to live in a different way. But to ask a whole congregation to live in a different way was just way too big an ask. So what I, I've been learning and realising is that, um, and there's lots of like helpful books out there and, and helpful people to talk to. And I need both because I'm a, I'm a thinker and, a, and I like to do something about what I think about. Um, so I realized that we needed to take a really small group of people who had an understanding of that and to try and, um, do a little experiment really. Mm. So we're keep, we're honoring and maintaining what has always happened, but we've got this group who are, um, I guess making having different priority about what their main function is, what the, the main activity of what they do is. So we've got a small group and our, our focus is, okay guys, how are we going to make disciples? What's that going to look like? How do we need to reorganize our schedules and what sacrifices do we need to make mm. to make sure that this stays our priority and that the things that we're doing are working towards that. And, the idea behind that is that if we do that and we see some fruit from that, we've then got something to say to the other people that we're journeying with, well, look, this is what we did. We changed our priorities. We, did, we had an experiment. We saw this fruit. And people generally, when they see that sort of thing, go, oh, yeah, I 
that's really good. And how can I do that? Mm. And it's 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 a different way of looking at teaching because often we think um, teaching is about giving people information. But for me, this is something that people need to be able to see. They need to be able to catch this idea that by shifting our priorities um, and our activities and, mm. and how we interact with people even, um, and I, <laughs> I learned a lot about that this weekend. Because <laughs> um, you can think, oh, I get the idea, but what does that look like in reality? Mm. Um, so having people coming in who've done it before and actually show us is massive because you get some sense of the reality of that and what that's going to look like in your own life. Mm. I think that's, I like that answer, thank you. I think looking from the outside, so we've known each other for maybe 20 years. A bit more than that, maybe. longer even. So, you know, in some ways, if people looked from the outside, mm. what the work that we're involved with in Somerset mm. and the work that you're involved with here, if people looked in from the outside, they would think, wow, that, that is completely different. Mm. But what's interesting is when we're together, it's really very similar because it's, when you boil it down, it's all about people. Mm. And if you're in a position of leadership, it's about spending time with people, mm. listening to them and, and creating a culture or a family relationship that have some common values, a common vision, and then you're wanting other people to to thrive and be fruitful and to, mm. like we said, become disciples and make disciples. So how like how do you? Because you're a quote church leader, mm. unquote. How do you feel personally? Your measures or hopes of. What is it like to be effective? Mm. How do you think that is different to maybe um, others who are church leaders or maybe what you thought, well, oh, this is what a church leader should do? Mm. What is it maybe now that you're looking for as signs of, oh, as a as a church community, we're being effective? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so as, as a church leader... You've got to manage so many expectations. And yeah, you know, that's a doddle really, isn't it? You know, we can all do that, you know, sitting down <laughs> um and being facetious obviously. Um I think It's, it's a tricky one. Um, your, your questions, Ben, like there's, <laughs> there's, like, there's always three parts. And <laughs> yeah. Um, I can only remember one part. Got an answer to the one part. Yeah, just, just refresh. So I think the question I'm trying to understand is what, what do you think are signs that your church okay. community or you yeah. as a leader, are you being effective? Yeah. Not successful, effective yeah, yeah. or fruitful or yeah, making yeah. an impact. Okay, yeah. So, um, if you'd have asked me this question a long time ago, it would have been my answer would have been to sustain what we've got and to grow in, you know, growing number, mm. um, and maybe even to see God do some 
miraculous things in our midst. Mm. I would have considered that to be effective. Um, but what I've come to realise is because of the situation that we're in, um, that I just can't be satisfied with that anymore. So what? What do you mean? What situation? Because with a mission, we're in a missional we're, context, or yeah, well, so. the situation that the, if if we don't do things differently, um, and this is probably true of other, we're not denominational, but we're kind of we we act like a denominational church. Mm. Um, the the these denominational churches are going to just die out. Yeah. Um, so when. It's a, it's a journey. So the end goal, the thing, if I sat, if I see these things, I'll know we'll have pretty much, we'll never make it in yeah. the fullest sense, but we're well on our way. If we start to see people who live um, so far away from the church that you'd, you'd never, ever expect them to um, become a follower of Jesus, when we start seeing people in that context um, coming to faith, saying they want to follow Jesus um, and then becoming people who then change the way they live their lives and, and start to become people who make disciples, then I'll go, okay, <laughs> now we're being effective. Yeah. Getting there is, you know, is this long, difficult journey because we've not had anybody really model that to us mm. and it's not the previous generation's fault yeah. um, we can't it's really hard to lay the blame because we've we've drifted over centuries away from you know this this pattern this model that we were given for making disciples mm. and we became institutional church and that's really hard to it's hard to break yeah. that history of doing things this particular way um, so on that journey, there are like clues mm. that you're starting to move towards that. And um, so hearing people starting to talk about, oh, I did this with my neighbour or mm. um, oh, I got into this great chat and we ended up talking about God and Jesus mm. or, or hearing somebody say, well, I was talking to somebody. I just, I was really brave and I decided to pray for healing for them or their situation or whatever all of these things so you only get that if you spend as a leader you spend enough time with the people who you think uh, might get it the concept of all of a different way of doing things mm. or that are um you know happy to experiment and 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 try these slightly different ways of, of being church mm. and you got to invest there and encourage yeah. and help them to grow so you like this weekend has been brilliant because we've had that like in concentrated form yeah. um and it's been really refreshing for me because i often don't even get time mm. to go and see all these people yeah. to get that sense of what's going on yeah um which i feel is kind of ridiculous now that i'm saying it <laughs> out loud but yeah, no, that's the reality of it yeah you've got so so much to do uh, and that's the way the tension is in my situation is holding what we currently have but trying to you know work towards encouraging mm -hmm. grow something separate not separate 
but alongside that, yeah. that will, I believe, when it starts to bear fruit, rub off on the, the rest, yeah. the other half, um, the bit that hasn't changed and I'm, I'm trying to still hold an honour. Mm. Um, there'll be, I believe there'll be like a crossover at some yeah. point and we will, it will become way more natural for us to be talking about, oh, so-and-so, um, some, somebody came to faith in, yeah. in that situation that they're doing. That's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, we might see a little mm. um, um, group of believers springing up in that context mm. now. And it would just look entirely different. I've got no idea what it will look like. Yeah. I just know it would be very different yeah. to what we're doing now. Yeah. So it was really it was really good last night. You had some, some, uh, some of the team over at your house. Yeah. And we were discussing things and we were... You know, we had a bit of a discussion about, um, you know, your, your church fellowship community is called Antioch, yeah. which is obviously interesting because Antioch was the place where they sent their best people out yeah. rather than keeping them for themselves. And we were asking the question, what is Antioch? So we know, don't we, that, you know, for some churches, a meeting or a building or something they go to. Um, a lot more people would see it as a family, community of people. And I think it very broadly across the UK, God's been speaking to anybody who <laughs> wants to listen mm. about how mission um, is a central value and DNA part of any church community. Mm. So it was really encouraging last night because we were thinking about all of the things that we've been up to in the last four or five days. Mm. So we've we've gone and prayer walked um, down the valley in an area that God's prophetically spoken to push push into mm. at some point somehow. Yeah. So you know that felt quite pioneering because if we go back at some point and meet some people who are open to spirituality or Jesus, the traditional response would be, oh, let's bring them all the way over here mm. to our church. And really, maybe from scripture, there's another way to explore mm. that could still leave them in their community and that would empower and equip them mm. to become disciple makers. Yep. So we've been doing that, which is part of yep. Antioch. But it's different to maybe what other people. Mm. So there's been a whole range, you know, and as you mentioned, there's some guys within the family who feel to explore and push out, mm. making disciples in a way that may not shock horror, fill the building on a Sunday or yeah. projects. So it's been really great to see that happening mm. and to see people understanding that actually. It's not a fixed, mm. it's not a clear thing. It's quite a messy thing, but actually it's all held together yeah. by some DNA and values. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what what generally is your message to people in your, in your church family? Because <laughs> um, I remember one time I came to visit yeah. and, and you'd asked me to share. Mm. which 
you know, it's probably a challenge because someone like me coming and talking about mission and, yeah. you know, talking about some of our adventures can sometimes feel a bit, mm. I would imagine, threatening or mm. challenging. And maybe I say things in my enthusiasm that come across as, we should stop doing all this and we should start doing this. But I remember I shared some things and you and you said, that is what I've been yeah. trying to share. Yeah. So if you if you could boil down the message that you're giving to people, yeah, to something simple like what would that? What is it? What would it be? Um. Okay, I'll try. Yeah. Uh, once again, really simple, easy question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James. <laughs> um, I think if I had to really boil it down, I would say, look, guys, following Jesus is all about loving God and loving others. And the most loving thing we can do for those people who are not yet in the kingdom, those the people that don't know who Jesus is, is to reconcile those people to God, to lead them into a place where they can see who God is, mm. who Jesus is and what he's like, and then help them on that journey of um, growing in that mm. and, and to the place where they can then go and do the same thing. Mm. Th that's, to me, that's it in a nutshell. And you said all of those things when mm. you came, yeah. um, but you just said it in a Ben way <laughs> and, and in a fresh way. Um, mm. And I love that because um, people always tend to hear um, somebody saying the same thing as you as a, a in yeah. a leadership context. They'll hear somebody else saying it and go, oh, isn't that brilliant? No. Mm. And you're like, I've been saying that for years, but mm. nothing's happened. So having people coming in yeah. is hugely beneficial because mm. people listen in a different way, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that, you know, the that Jesus said, didn't he, everything hinges on loving God, yeah. loving others. Yeah. So that's the kind of foundational DNA. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to get caught up on, should we be doing this or that, or, yeah. you know, what does church look like? Yeah. Well, they're interesting conversations, yeah. Yeah. but really, are yeah. we loving God? Yeah. Are we loving others? Because yeah. if we do those things, we'll see the spread of the kingdom that we hope for mm. yeah. yeah yeah and that's the thing like when you look at jesus and what he did and you say okay well how did jesus um walk that out he loved god and he loved others if we factor in that idea of what's the most loving thing you can do for somebody mm. who's far away from god it's to bring them mm. to god and help them understand yeah. that and then walk with them yeah. and jesus he did that yeah. um so for me like that's become a way more foundational thing than it ever used to be mm -hmm. in fact i would describe it as a, a big gap in our foundations yeah. before so it'd be like living in a house with no kitchen it's like well what do i do now and that i need to prepare some food for everybody you can't do it because you've got no kitchen yeah. so we as a a family just didn't have that disciple making part of our foundation mm. and it's actually really hard work to correct that because the building's already up yeah so it's messy <laughs> yeah so you're trying to continue building 
some running repairs yeah work on the foundation at the same time yeah <laughs> so it's a bit chaotic but it's good isn't it yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah so tell share the story maybe they wouldn't want their names mentioned i don't know but we went to meet a couple mm. who are who are part of the antioch family yeah um and in a way it felt like they were a really good example of mm. some of the things that you're you're wanting to see and encourage mm. share like a bit about their story mm. and how you've tried to encourage them mm. um to be connected mm. but also to be pursuing their mm. calling yeah um one of the things that um i'm gonna i don't like to sort of um, point the finger at <laughs> any, anybody else they've all got everybody's got their own journey mm. but i do know from my own experience of other other congregations that a lot of the time there's when a vision is given um for what that congregation is meant to be doing um in their, their walk with God and how they're gonna serve him and follow him. Um a lot of the time um there's a, there's projects to do or the leaders have a, a vision and then people are called to come and be part of that to um put their shoulders to the wheel for this mm. to see this vision realised. Um, and so it's about you need to volunteer your time and yeah. you need to come and do this and get involved with that. And serve. Yeah. And I realised a long, long time ago that this was upside down. Um, that if we do that, what the leadership end up doing is just trying to generate enthusiasm and volunteers and funds to keep these things going um so what i've been doing is saying to people well what do you feel god's called you to do and listening and then saying well how can we help how can we help resource mm. that or free you up to do that so with this particular couple they said a long time ago we've moved into this little village and we just feel like this is an amazing opportunity to be rooted there and spend all our time praying in that community, reaching out to people in that community, building relationships and having people in our home, um, praying for people to be healed, all this kind of the stuff that you want to hear yeah. people who follow Jesus yeah. say, because it just makes you feel like, yes, there is light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> um, so this couple were talking like this and what we said was, okay, for that to happen, you need to make sure that you don't get involved in any of the projects that we're doing as a church. So you need to hear that I'm, I'm not mm. saying projects are wrong yeah. at all. But when that's our only focus, yeah. we end up with um, a, a congregation where part of the foundations are missing. Yeah. So when you hear people talking about stuff that they're passionate about, um, unless they're like completely way off base, <laughs> and like we we got asked to build a, a Hindu temple yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, um, we did. <laughs> and so like you wouldn't just like throw yourself into something like yeah. that. Um, but um, 
for me that's what was key in all of this is you know don't get don't free these people up so that they can focus completely on this thing that they feel called to mm. do um and then what we've tried to do is is um just create awareness in the fellowship so we every now and again we get them up yeah. uh, on a sunday morning how are you guys doing in your um in responding to what you feel god's called you to do have you seen any breakthroughs what can we pray for how can we encourage you um and as well as that i i, I go up and down there every mm. now and again just to sit with them in their space mm. and just really hear hear how it's going yeah. and and that's what we did yesterday i've yeah. done that many times and mm. but yesterday was particularly special <laughs> to admit because yeah. um, i think they saw something that will really change their outlook yeah. on on what they were doing yeah. um yeah we just we we gathered with them didn't we and just looked at the whole area of which is what we're talking about is multiplying disciples yeah. and just they've really been faithfully sewing, mm. connecting, yeah. tried lots of things, have people in their homes, doing amazing, amazing things. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they, they wouldn't be upset with me saying they're getting a bit older. Mm-hmm. And I just felt to encourage them to consider um, the end. Mm. Um, not in a morbid way. But it, I think it really helped them to think, oh, yeah, we're looking to find some faithful people, mm. not some converts or some people who want to become Christians, um, but some people that want to become disciples of Jesus, who they can pour out themselves into and mm. who will continue with that work in that village. So it was a really amazing time, and mm. um, it felt like what I said to them, I wish... I wish I could bottle up whatever it is that you have mm. and take it round everywhere mm. and give everybody a bit of it. And it, yeah. it felt like that encapsulated something of what Antioch is about. Mm. There's still a relational connectedness and mm. involvement and commitment, but somehow it didn't pull them away from their people and their mission. It was actually yeah. empowering them. and yeah. so It felt really yeah. encouraging, didn't it? Yeah, Yeah. And I guess... Part of the hard part of all of that is um, if their journey had been different, let's say, and a few years in, they'd seen like part of a neighbourhood in their, their village come to faith and there was like eight or ten people who were journeying with them and journeying, uh, taking this journey of like what does it mean to follow Jesus, etc. all of that stuff. Um the temptation then is to sort of think, well, how can we bring those people mm. into the Sunday morning context? Yeah. We'd have really had to wrestle with, okay, what does it look like now for, in a way, to release those mm. guys and allow them to continue to do what they're doing, um, but even more independently from, mm. from us, we could still support them and all the rest of it, but how mm. would we have released them to, to carry on um, being church and growing church in that context that they're in mm. um, I don't know the answer because mm. it didn't happen yeah. but I'm looking ahead to the future and thinking if this is something that we're going to do mm. um, these, are, these are the consequences and we need to be able to mm. know in advance that that's going to be messy and hard mm. too yeah. um, 
but it might be something that we're going to have to do. Yeah, yeah, it really, it was inspiring. We we asked the couple, how do they, how would how would they sum up in one word how mm. they feel to, about their their village and their sense of mission to their and straight away the lady replied, feel confident, mm. and it was such a faith filled answer, and um, it reminded me of last night we were meeting with with. You call like your kind of communities, tribes, small groups, yeah, yeah, so tribes, small yeah. tribes. So each tribe has a particular mission or yeah. sort of leaning towards, yeah. you know, the different. So the tribe last night was wholly not not a little bit wholly focused on multiplying life, mm. multiplying disciples um, that could spread through households and families, and so. It's inevitable. We were talking to the early hours that um, that you're going to start meeting people that want to start a new life with Jesus and get baptized. Yeah. And these are the actual practical things to think about. Mm. You know what will happen when people want to get baptized. Where we do that. How we do that in a way that draws and shares that experience with more of their family and friends. Yeah. You know, rather than extracting them and yeah. celebrating it with all of our yeah. Christian family and friends, yeah. you really want to go further and further and further and further away from maybe what some would see as mm. the church or the fellowship. It's not that at all. Mm. But in your mind, it can feel like you, mm. you, you want to push. So, I mean, yesterday we gently pushed and invited our way into some homes potentially and it was great because yeah. it felt like this is what Jesus did yeah he would meet people he would go into homes and eat with them and he would bring the kingdom there and then mm. there wasn't another gospel sharing thing that he invited to yeah he shared the gospel with people so it was encouraging yeah <laughs> um yeah. so maybe like the final final question um, I'm sure there might be other people listening mm. who are in a similar situation to you mm. where it feels maybe they're juggling responsibilities mm. some things seem really exciting something feels maybe less exciting and mm. lots of things on their plate for you and maybe as an encouragement to other people in your situation what do you feel you, you want to do more of Mm. And what do you feel you want to do less of? Okay. Um, I think when you get to this point where you know you need to change, in, it's inevitable that you, you get to the point where you realise that you're going to need to do more of the things that don't look like Howard and church and it's inevitable that that will mean that you do less of the things that look like mm. how we've always done church mm. um, because I mean the word we use um, in our meeting our leadership meetings is is there's change that there's change going on all the time around us in the world in our lives there's always change but mm. transition is a different yeah. thing altogether. And that's really hard to navigate. Change just happens whether you like it or not. 
but tran- transitioning mm-hmm. is different um, and it, it, it'll look different from context to context but for mm-hmm. me what I see happening is that we'll end as this idea of um, changing the way we, we live and do things will make us more missional will make us people who are mm-hmm. way more um, set up for and able to lead people into a relationship with Jesus, mm. um, and then for and then teach those people what that means for their mm. lives, and then release them. Yeah. As we do that more, we'll we'll have to put more time and energy and focus mm. into keeping that mm. um, as healthy and going and growing. And the other stuff, I, I feel like people will see it and want to move over because mm. it'll it'll look way more like I think everybody has this picture of well maybe they don't actually Ben because like <laughs> I was thinking like 20 odd years ago we used to want to like take the church by the scruff of the neck and sort it out we were like mm. why why are we making disciples <laughs> and we've been on this long long journey <laughs> of trying to figure that out in our lives and so for me that it's inevitable mm that will happen, that shift from how we've done things. But if you can navigate that in a way that um, honours everybody's journey mm. in that, um, then you've know, done really well. Mm. Um, and that's the hard part, is navigating all of that. Mm. Um, yeah, but I just, I so, I sometimes say to people who say, well, how's, how's that going to happen? I said, well, you know that bit of scripture where Jesus says, go and make disciples, mm-hmm. um, unless you live in North Wales in 2022, it's going to be too hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's my poke at, at the whole thing of, it has to be mm. what we're meant to do because it's what Jesus asked us to do mm. and he wouldn't ask us to do something that we wouldn't be able to do mm. with his help. So... It's about, in a way, it's about just like the more, more, even in the, the little ways we try to align ourselves with that mm. and make that our priority and our goal, it will bring, I've, in our context, mm. I, I have a lot of hope that yeah. it will bring other people into that way of doing things mm. too. And the, and the way we currently think mm. and, and, and act will start to mm. become like a smaller thing mm. and the this other thing that we're trying to grow will become the bigger thing mm. and hopefully it will just move from one to mm. the other and we won't, we won't have any have problems this, <laughs> no we'll have loads of problems <laughs> along the way um, mm. and then the job will be how do we help mm. other congregations take this same mm. journey yeah yeah that's you know been on your heart isn't it yeah if, absolutely you know, in North Wales and Wales and wherever yeah Helping people on a similar journey. Yeah, mm. I, I actually, I, I, I being a leader is a bit like banging a drum sometimes, isn't it? You'll know that. One of the things, one of my drums that I bang on is, if God's giving you something, then you've got something to give away. Mm. So if we go through this process of learning what it means to move from one particular, a traditional way of being church to a more mm. disciple-making way of yeah. being church. Then that's something that that's a journey that God's gifted to us, mm. and we've got something to give yeah. to others. Which 
Sounds very much like the first Antioch church, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, actually, yeah. Which is a good place to maybe finish and yeah. pray. So thank you, James, for sharing that. Um, should we pray? Yeah. Yeah, let's pray and maybe pray for anyone listening who, mm. you know, is in a similar situation. And mm. um, if uh, if people wanted to connect with you, James, what would be the best way to... Can they send a message, find the church website, or what What would be... Uh, my my um, email address isn't on... My phone number is, so you can text me. Okay. That's on the, the church yeah. website. Um, well, if if you wanted to get in contact with James because something he said is encouraging or, mm. you know, to discuss anything, just contact the the Antioch Colwyn Bay website or contact me and I can yeah, yeah. put you in contact with James. Yeah. So. Brilliant. Let's pray. Well, Father, thank you. Sometimes it can feel when we look at things in Scripture, it seems really exciting, but a million miles from our reality. Mm. But thank you for the last four days being together. It's felt that we've been living Scripture. Mm. It's felt that actually we've started to see that God was in some ways already mm. doing things. Mm. Um and we just thank you for that picture of the church at Antioch that were together, worshipping, fasting. Lots of people have come to faith from all different backgrounds. And it was hallmarked with a sense of the Holy Spirit setting aside people and, and yeah. sending the best people out, not keeping them for themselves yeah. to build up their own thing, but yeah. sending them out to multiply the kingdom and to finish the work that God had called them to do. So thank you for this unfolding story in North Wales with James and Lucy and all of the all of the people here. And we ask that the Holy Spirit, mm. you will set people apart for the work that you've called them to, mm. that you help James and the other leaders to serve and equip these people. Mm. And that Antioch as a family will work to feel the kingdom that Colwyn Bay and North Wales will be transformed and uh, yeah we thank you for their journey Jesus Amen Jesus thank you that when you were asked what's the most important thing we can do you said it's to love God and to love others and Lord um, I want to thank you that you're showing us as a community of believers that um, that, that looks like a particular thing. Um, because when you gave a story, Jesus, about building a house and building a house on rock and sand is very different. Um, Building on the rock means actually ob obeying you, doing the things that you've asked us to do. So this love that um, we're wanting to be part of, the love of you, God, and love of other people, actually looks like something in, in, in real life. Um, and so, Lord, I want to ask that you would continue to keep showing us uh, what that looks like and what we can do to make this this love a tangible thing um, because we want to see um, your heart for this world which is for everybody to become 
reconciled to you. And that involves us being part of being obedient to you in declaring what who you are and what that love looks like and then living it out in a way that connects other people to it and grows them in it. So thank you for all that you're doing, Lord, um, for waking us up to this. Um, I, I ask that you would not stop, Lord, and you keep on waking up more and more people who follow Jesus to this, this reality that um, we have this amazing message of this amazing Saviour, and amazingly he wants to <laughs> walk with us day by day making it happen. It, it is such an adventure, Lord, and um, we just want to see that grow and grow and grow. Amen. Amen. Thank you, James. <laughs>